Hello and a happy new year and warm welcome to this first episode of 2022. This is the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu, I'm recording from my studio here in London, UK and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussion. And even if you do, then like, follow, share and retweet on that's right Twitter with the handle The Marketing Anu or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC chat roundup podcast. And if you're on Instagram, why don't you check us um, out on PPC chat underscore roundup um, to get quotes, snippets, memes and gifts uh, that make me laugh and much more, but mainly yeah, our quotes and snippets from previous episodes. It's also a delight to share that this podcast is sponsored by Opteo, a complete toolkit for Google Ads managers. Opteo continuously monitors Google Ads accounts uh, for statistically significant patterns. And when something comes up, Opteo suggests an improvement that can be pushed live to your Google Ads accounts in a few seconds. So it makes your Google Ads account profitable, not just about focusing on spend or volume. So yeah, join the likes of Spotify, Deliveroo, Selfridges, Etsy, and more to see how Opteo can um, help your business do more with Google Ads. Why don't you check out this unique link, opteo.com forward slash PPC chat for a 60 day free trial because yeah who doesn't like a try before you buy offer hey so yeah this um first chat of the year i hope uh you're doing very well did you catch the the live chat on twitter or yeah if you didn't glad to have you on here yesterday julie actually put up a tweet about what questions juniors would have so i'd really advise you to check that out it's on my profile as well i retweeted it so i really encourage you to check that out it was i think it's what also partly contributed to today's chat and when I'll, I'll go into how Julie uh, phrased it she goes hello and thank you for joining me today let's dig right in with a juicy topic PPC yikes moments and how to handle them inspired partly by the PBR Twitter debacle yesterday and the debacle she's talking about is by these guys called Pabst blue ribbon deleting a bizarre tweet and the tweet went not drinking this january try eating ass yeah i don't understand that as well they quickly deleted that not too long afterwards but people were debating as to whether that was a good or bad idea but even the tweet itself was like what is all that about someone actually tweeted saying ppr stock before deleting this and with a graph emoji going upwards with the line going upwards after deleting this and a graph of emoji of the line going downwards so yeah what do you think was that a good idea or bad idea to delete should they have just ridden out the (laughs) the the press they definitely would have gotten for it and uh, yeah so that is something that's very interesting so yeah and actually i'm seeing a following up of somebody said my mind is dangerous tweeting saying pbr or ass what's the difference and perhaps blue ribbon replied ask your mom whoa i don't know who has that twitter had that was in charge of their twitter that day but yeah that person can be in anyone's any of uh, of the pbr guys good books well not the exact good books anyway i'm sure anyway 
we get back into this chat and <laughs> with Julie going, how are we all doing? We've got John Lee, Julia Vice as well, saying hello, but not being able to join us. Glenn Smelsley replying, joining us as well, as well as Tim Halloran, Steph Cockerell and uh, Dwayne Brown, Amalia Fowler and more. It's going to be a very lively chat. I'm sure. But before we get into those questions, we'd always love to mention that this chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers are, of course, always welcome as well. Lurkers and podcast listeners. So yeah, if you couldn't make it and you just want to catch up in this chat, we love to. I particularly love having you here as well so let's get into the questions and we start off with julie asking have you ever been in a situation where a client or stakeholder wanted to do something in ppc that you thought was really ill-advised how did or would you handle it and we've got a few answers to this and as hoth replies saying that happened a number of times i clearly remember the worst and am was desperately trying to optimize a campaign to get more clicks but the budget was too tight we loosened the targeting and delivered tons of unqualified clicks and the client was happy glenn replies to question one as well saying had an ad exec bring us a legacy google ads account with lookalike audiences containing millions of members telling us to use it in our target it was dubious to say the least. Condor replies to question one saying, happens on a regular basis. I'll just inform the client why I feel it will not work or not good for us with some data or metrics over email as proof for future. If they still insist, we'll execute as specified. John Lee replies saying, definitely, this is just part of the job of being a client and or campaign manager. I would always put together a case for not doing said ill-advised action and support that with data resources, help articles, blogs, etc., and sound rationale. Yes, it's always good to document your recommendations, especially if they go ahead with their bad advice or bad strategy or tactic they're about to put ahead. Julie then replies to question one saying, ill-advised things can come in multiple flavors in my experience. There are just bad ideas or strategies that are best managed by showing them why you think said thing is a bad idea. Document all of this. Trust me on this one, Julie continues saying, then there are things that move into cringe or worse categories like ads in poor taste, etc. Those can be trickier to manage as client is bringing this idea to you and it has been through at least one person on their end. Being honest and not accusatory is key. Julie continues saying, I find if I start my objections or questions with something like, you may not have thought about this angle, but, and then lay out why it is problematic is the best approach. If they insist on doing it anyway, document your reservations about it. And then we have Amalia Fowler replying to question one saying, yes, frequently from terrible creative through to a hundred keywords in an ad group. Usually I calmly explain myself, document my reasoning, listen to their reasons. And we decide together if we decide their way. I document to cover my butt, but when it doesn't work. So yeah, document, document is the name of the game. Amalia then continues answer to question one saying there was also the time that quantity of clicks was prioritized over quality of leads and the client fired us 
because they were getting less clicks, but qualified and closed leads had gone up 500%. Yes, that's not the kind of client I would want. Anyway, Dogger Thomas replies to question one saying, literally all the time, ethical questions should be worked out with the stakeholders to learn what is lying. Strategy questions should have been answered before you started playing with the account. Tactical questions can be projected even if you just conceptually. And then Doug continues saying, too many times I think we as practitioners worry about fighting City Hall when it's easier to make tactical moves that work with City Hall. Even if City Hall is doing something we think isn't, in the best interest of the company or marketing, John Lee replies, in short, compromise, right? And Dogar Thomas replies, uh, nah, I think it's less about compromise and more about having communication, strong communication and upfront knowledge. It's easy for marketers to miss that we're typically hired for a piece of a piece of the pie and the whole kitchen might have larger goals that are more valuable, which is why I always think it's important to make sure you are part of the whole conversation, the conversation of what is the whole kitchen after so that to make sure paid search is aligned or know why some strategies might not be accepted, even though it's a very sound strategy. Tim Halloran replies to question um, one saying, going too broad, going too narrow, chasing after a fad, not investing enough, changing the goalposts after the fact, trusting antiquated attribution models, listening to a rep or your great aunt's best friend's nephew instead of me. Take your pick. Uh, Amalia replies, yeah, the last one. My cousin's son's best friend works for an agency and has said we don't have enough keywords. And yeah, we've got Anders and Wayne Brown agreeing to that. We also have Sean Ellie replying to question one saying, clearly told them what I thought would happen and why I recommended not doing it. They pushed harder. I implemented again, telling them it was a bad idea. They fired us for the results. It's the end. It's their account. I did what they wanted, which I would do again. Wow. Julie then takes us on to question two, saying them, have you ever been in a situation where the client or stakeholder did something really ill-advised outside of PPC that impacted your work? How did or would you handle it? Oh, I haven't experienced that, but I'm very eager to hear some answers. Before we go into those answers, Joe replies to question one saying two scenarios come to mind here. When the thing they want done is unethical, for whatever reason, we say no. This one has only happened once. When something is a bad idea, we advise against as we best we can, but it's the client's money. Amali then takes us on to question, answer question two, saying nothing outside of PPC. We're lucky with our clients that way. But sometimes the client contact for a couple accounts likes to go in and implement everything in the recommendations tab. Oh God, huge facepalm moment. So when performance tanks, I usually go to the change log. Yeah. Oh yes. Recommendation. And now there's auto apply. That's what Anders replies on that. Anders then gives his answer to question two, saying clients do tons of things things that can affect PPC and if my opinion is not asked I am just happy when they let me know I think that is the key to it all always to understand the context of the brand and the site we are marketing and we are not always in the loop Amalia then replies to that saying it's always been a challenging thing about being agency side lack of context for changes or lack of information. The best thing to do I have found is calmly explain the consequences of the decisions and document it so if or when it doesn't work, it can point back to that. And his replies totally agree with that, but often have to figure out what changed in the context without being informed by clients. 
it a challenge. And we have Julie replying to question two saying, I had a client that got a bunch of bad reviews in a short period of time. That was a problem in their closing of leads. So my PPC performance was fine, but their booking of jobs was suffering. So I helped them to address it professionally. Yeah, sometimes PPC cannot fix a bad product. No, no, sometimes all the time. And Julie continues our answer to question two saying, do yourself a solid and set of Google alerts and any other social listening you're doing for all of your clients and their competitors. Yeah, so that you know what's going on with the product. Shawnelli replies to question two saying, a lot of website issues. We annotate in GA and in monthly reports. A client raised the prices way above competitors but wanted the same results from us. There wasn't much we could do. We tried to narrow keywords and add audience list but the account tanked fired again wow steve gibson replies question two saying plenty of times anything from changing the web pages i wrote and tanking conversion to changing urls or deleting pages the ppc was using i handled it politely tim hallerman replied to question two saying redesign their site with zero regard to seo domain authority backlinks headers canonization etc it tanked ppc results and took many months to identify how much revenue they lost as a result it was a case study for for the ages but i can't say much more yeah then <laughs> this is the whole takes me back to my my blog about you know these things don't change you know there's some things that don't change no matter how much loads of things will change in terms of paid search paid search cannot work in a silo so if seo tanks ppc will tank which is why it's really good to actually work together with seo teams John Lee replies to question two. Yes, yep. Deleting landing page or website content, changing product service information that made ad copy irrelevant, shutting campaigns off without notifications. Yeah, definitely a pet peeve of mine. I could go on and on and on here. And then um, Dwayne Brown replies to question two saying, as with most healthy relationships, we talk it out. Changes to the site is a big one. And then we have Julie taking us on to question three saying, what was your biggest PPC yikes moment thus far? How did you handle it? Uh, which one? I mean, just Google is a whole PPC yike moment. Yikes moment. Like really all the changes they make, new updates that say all of a sudden we are going to make keyword more relevant to your ad. And I'm like, isn't that what you were doing to start off with? That was my biggest yikes moment of 2021. And so, yeah, I think the whole Google is a yikes moment. Anders replies to question three saying my biggest PPC yikes moment ever was that max click setting without max CPC roof. At least one click was more expensive than I am willing to admit publicly. Um, Amalia replies, oh yes, we had that happen. I went into an account that had poor performance and keywords were costing a hundred dollars plus i definitely had a sit down with my team that day and fired someone melissa replies this may or may not have happened to us recently <laughs> Mali replies it's a unique thing about our industry and roles that our learning experience can come at high costs to clients simply because google shifts something and yeah and is right replies spot on i have days where i think it's a strategy yield optimization on the back of poor digital marketers yeah it's always trying to to you know scrap along with whatever changes um google has made which might just make a change in our performance and it will not go the right way Dwayne brown replies to question two saying as with most healthy relationships we talk it out changes to the site is a big one 
And a nice little side note that Amalia um, put in, which is not quite, you know, a, answering a question, but I think it's very important to consider. She goes, um, a hot take. I think we often feel entitled to things we are not necessarily entitled to as digital marketers. The client owns the site and the account. If they want to change things, they can. Would it be best if we were informed? Absolutely. But it isn't our right. But then Julie gives, you know, a response that I also love saying they can absolutely do whatever they wish with their own site. But then also don't get mad when everything on my side is broken and I need time to fix when you neglected to tell me you were making changes. Amalia um, agrees with that. Julie then continues saying, oh, and I'm going to charge you to make those updates too. This is something we should not feel ashamed to do. Julie again goes, rush rates if you didn't bother to let me know ahead of time so I could have planned for the change and had stuff ready. Um, and yeah, Malia replies totally. And this is something that I encourage people to put into their contracts. Changes made to elements without informing the contractor that cause extra work come at a rate of XYZ to fix. And everybody says, yeah, Dan especially goes, yeah, sounds fair to me and sounds fair to me as well. I mean, guys, when when someone is, you know, has changed their website, they didn't tell you, don't get mad, get paid. <laughs> that's my that's my motto. Don't get mad, get paid. Amali then uh, replies to question three saying, when I was an intern, I put in $16,000 instead of 1600 into the account. I didn't handle it. My boss did. I somehow got hired at the end of my internship. Wow, because you learn from your experiences and you probably own your mistake and um, you're taught how to not make that mistake ever again. One part of that I missed in Amalia's hot take was Kirk Williams's answer where he goes, I agree. Our right in um, like inverted commas is to refuse to work with someone for our own reasons. We try to communicate this well when discussing disagreements. You're free to make your choices and we're free to move to other clients put more tactfully. Julia Vice replies, always keep in mind that clients who make giant changes beyond just light collaboration in the account cannot then hold you accountable for any success or failures. It's a cake it's a it's a cake and eat it too situation so be clear up front and Amalia goes totally I'm glad I don't have to have those conversations anymore though at the top of the hierarchy whenever they did stuff got mad at us and I got called in it and was looking was always look Mr or Mrs client you made changes and how things went wrong how is that on my team bless the founders and directors who have those conversations regularly so yeah agency owners that's where we have a bit of a bit of love for you and sympathy for you. Joe replies to question three saying our Google Merchant Center got disabled for a week as a result of the Shopify API changing our shipping settings and support telling we'd me we'd pass the review we were able to replace a lot of the lost business in other channels but i didn't sleep all week as a result wow that's harsh and mental health especially glenn replies to question three saying think of budget blowing mistakes those fall into two categories errors of omission or commission by me personally and those done by others junior highest clients later are scarier to me because i should have foreseen them okay yikes moment in paid search if we're not just looking at outside forces and some things that i've done my biggest mistake i would say is when i was doing some competitive bidding um not putting the competitors a name in our ad just bidding on some of our competitor terms i put the cpc to be 20 pounds instead of 0.20 pounds so 20 pounds instead of 20 pence 
spend went up. I noticed it immediately. My manager thought it was a bit of a dig because I was leaving soon. It wasn't, it really wasn't. But how it it turned around that it helped for the spend because we've been underspending for a while and actually helped with a little bit of lead volume as well. So the client was not pissed at all. The fact they liked it. Julie then replies to question three saying forgot to post campaigns that were disapproved at the start of COVID and then they got approved and started running. I refunded all of my fees and offered to cover the Google ads charges. Client only took my refund, which was kind. We all make mistakes. Yes. And she's been doing this for 20 years plus. So if Julie can recover from a mistake and the client can be happy with you overall yeah you can be that person as well dan reply replies as well saying that's something i always remind myself we all make mistakes in the past when an agency came to me and admitted something got messed up i thanked them for letting me know made sure it was fixed and we moved on built trust in the long run to not overreact julie replies i think being honest and also apologizing is the best first step exactly being honest you know admit the mistake be the one to find it make sure you're on your accounts and seeing things then letting them know what you're putting in place to make sure nothing like that happens again is also helpful that's definitely my favorite comment of this chat you know let them know what you've been put in place i think is very very helpful and has replied but then if offering to pay for the ads that were mistakenly turned on actually makes you go out of business then you may have to think twice about it right well, yeah, maybe put some notes in the contract for that and and save up some money for situations that that may happen or be more on top of things. Anyway, loads of things, ways that we can think of that. John Lee replies to question three saying, my biggest oops happened several years ago, had set up a test on the GDM for a client with specific budget and timing parameters, completely missed the mark on both and overspent by, let's say, a lot of money, paid every dime back to, whoops, well, yeah. Thankfully, I feel Microsoft can afford something like that. And then we have Julie taking us on to question four saying, is there a scenario that you worry about causing a major PPC yikes moment that keeps you up at night? Have you done anything to try to prevent that scenario from happening? Uh, I think that's autom automation and rules and, you know, making things are paused <laughs> at the right time. It's one of those when sales are happening, making sure that ads don't run past the sales date. So there's always like, you know, calendar invites as well as a calendar reminders as well as the, the yeah, the automation rule and setting rules for things to get paused. Those are the kind of things that by, I, I think that's what I will make sure I do so that I don't stay, that does not keep me up at night. So yeah, but not really anything. It's only Google, things that they might update that might change my performance that keeps me up at night sometimes. Joe replies, I worry that Google will eventually destroy their product. It really seems like they're trying and put me out of a job. I try not to think about it too much. Amalia replies, I don't work on weekends in accounts as a hard and fast rule. So for my larger spending accounts, I sometimes wonder what is going on when I'm not looking at it. Previously, I'd worried that my team was setting daily budgets too high to accommodate target CPA. And then, yeah, we've got Doug R. Thomas from Applying to question 14, the biggest one is launching with incorrect info, budgets, copy, locations, mostly create QA processes precisely. I like that one. The first time it saves your tail, the time QAing paid for itself. The second time, the time creating the process has paid for itself. 
And then Doug continues saying, having your accounts all set up as much of the same way as possible helps a lot here too. But that's harder when you have different kinds of clients. Glenn replies to this saying, I'd amend that Doug to say the QA processes that have time allocated to them. We can buckle in the heat of the time and skip getting another human to look over our work. And then Amalia gives another answer to question four, saying, ultimately, I try to remember that our job is not life or death. At the end of the day, nobody is going to die because we mess up. I'm a better marketer and human when I'm rested and have space to live my life outside work. Yes, I get more excited when I've taken a break from it. As they say, absence makes the heart grow fonder. That is very true of paid search accounts. And she also gives a third answer, saying, QA checklists and pre-launch processes are key we had whole asana templates at my last agency and always always get a second pair of eyes i'm good at this but i'm also human can only stare at the same thing for so long before something gets missed and anders replies to um, question four saying no actually i'm not afraid of ppc yikeses but maybe it's because i'm very skeptical about things in the first place and a bit paranoid too then i have a ppc panic checklist which i'm going to present in a webinar in 15 minutes over at paid search org so yeah i hope people joined that one i was busy out and about so i couldn't make that one unfortunately Dwayne brown replies to question four saying running the business keeps me up at night my brain is always thinking with check and balances in place nothing client wise keeps me up most things can be reverted pretty much julie then goes to question five saying what are some things that clients or stakeholders do that make you cringe that you wish they wouldn't do or would at least consult with the ppc team about um so yeah i think that's similar to what has the client change that you know that gives you a yikes moment amalia gives an answer to this saying changes to the side promotions or programs that they don't realize affect ppc but do i'm not psychic bob when you change your prices that are listed in the ad extensions i can't know to update them intuitively <laughs> i think she talked to this not that she's saying that we are entitled to know but yeah Things would that they do will affect paid search. She continues, part of that is on me and I do check the site and ensure that I'm, I'm as up to date as possible. I also educate clients so they know what changes outside of the account affect the account itself. Outside, outside of that, though, I can't be responsible. Lawrence Chase replies, oh, yeah, when a coupon was initially set to expire in 60 days, then someone decides to turn it on in 30 instead without telling anyone. Yeah, we did not have ads and extensions set up for that and when melissa mckee replies to um, question five saying change url structure or redirects thereby breaking tracking causes a huge amount of workforce often unknowingly on the part of the client and Roy Steves replies to question four saying not many anymore we built a suite of automated alerts and triage using scripts and API and they kept things pretty tidy. Julie replies, using more scripts is on my list for Q2 2022. Roy replies, if you hit any snags, feel free to ping me. I love to talk shop and have used them extensively since they were introduced. And Julie replies, thank you. I'd love to have more info about scripts and how to actually use them for less technical folks on the PPC chat site too. I think we have need to have Niels like, like host one of these chats very soon because he's script master as well alongside with Frederick Valleys and I'd love to join in that chat as well. I love using scripts. 
And then we have Lawrence Chase replying to question five saying, take a call with a platform rep without me there on the call with them. They are salespeople and they can be pretty slick at getting them to agree to things. And then we have to pick up the pieces. Close second is changing product pages, site URL structures, etc. And in response to Melissa McKee, where she had said change URL structure, redirect, thereby breaking tracking causes a huge amount of work for us, often unknowingly on the part of the client. Miley replies, um, yeah, breaking tracking is a big one when a new developer or someone goes in and removes GTM because we didn't know what it was or think it was being used. <laughs> yes, doesn't mean you should remove it. Yeah, Julie then replies to question five saying, I will echo the website changes issues. Even just a heads up is useful. I have made it part of my regular client's question. It has happened so often. URL changes, changing where lead form goes and breaking up conversion tracking adding third party service exactly malia goes call extension stopped working did you change the phone number then we changed tra call tracking service providers didn't think you needed to know lawrence replies going into your account and seeing the ad disapproved page error is always fun then going to the site and seeing the whole structure change yep it's going to be a long day and hopefully you get paid extra for that lawrence malia continues to answer question five saying and another thing assuming we can turn around promotions in a 24-hour period we're launching this monday i know it's friday at 3 p.m but you can create ads for this right it's certainly faster turnaround than traditional media but i'm not a super human yep nope julie then goes put your turnaround times in your contracts go over that part with new clients so they know charge a lot more to do in less than your standard time frame if you don't do this they will continue to do this to you oh i tried at my old agency but then my boss always overrode them then was he the one doing the work then <laughs> julie goes, goes julie goes which sucks as the person without the authority for sure Amalia goes i even explained the impact on the team lost morale and burnout the extra hours that could go elsewhere quantif quantified in dollars amounts and nothing that's why it's my previous agency well done amalia move on from from heartache like that and then Melissa replies to, gives another answer to question five, saying for paid social change audiences or targeting without telling the agency or PPC manager, suddenly volume and spend tanks. We spend hours trying to figure it out. And uh, yeah, we then go on to question six, which Julie asks, saying, going, what do you view as your level of responsibility or to alert clients or stakeholders when they are thinking about doing something ill-advised? How do or would you handle these situations? Oh, I think it's important to have that in the meeting. So Kirk gives a very good response here saying, um, we analyze number one, will this directly impact our manage, our managed channel? If so, we have a responsibility to communicate our concerns Two, will this impact their business, but not directly our channel. Then it depends on the relationship as well as our confidence in our concern exactly so it could be just based off the fact that it's a you know personal opinion some something that you think may happen so you don't necessarily want to worry a client for nothing and amalia goes i feel this is fair especially the confidence in the concern piece definitely john lee replies at a minimum it's your responsibility to alert them to potential risks pros and cons and any related information help them to make informed 
decisions. Uh, I also feel it depends on what the relationship is like. You get some clients who just don't want to hear what you have to say beyond what is your job. And uh, those kind of relationships shouldn't be had in the first place. But sometimes it's very hard to try and help someone who doesn't want to be helped. And then, yeah, Kirk continues saying, yeah, like sometimes we have spidey senses about something but aren't sure. And we may have a strained relationship at that time, just what I've said. <laughs> so determined it would be best to keep our heads down since we don't know that sort of thing. Julie replies, this things outside of your immediate PPC jurisdiction can definitely be trickier to handle. There are a lot of factors that can go into your direction about what to do or share in these instances. We have, yeah, Amalia who replies to question six saying, I have told my teams and also firmly believe that we have a duty of care to let clients know when something could be problematic. We did it even if it was unlikely to directly affect PPC, our scope of work. There is too much unethical BS out there. I've gone as far as to assist a client who was leaving us, warning them that they were thinking of working with a new agency with red flags all over the place. They didn't listen and actually ended up back in my DMs a month later, apologizing because I was right. I <laughs> love that, Amalia. She doesn't add any insinuation to that because I was right. That was me adding that, but I think there's a, there should be a lot of pride in that for Amalia without the fact that she was right. And then we've got Julie replying to question six saying, I feel a very strong duty to help my clients not either do something dumb or something that will hurt their business. Have even offered to read contracts from provider they were leaving me for to make sure they weren't going to get screwed or at least understood and then yeah we've got Lawrence replying to question six saying I enter partnerships with clients with the goal of being an extension of their team I work for them like they were my own company so I'm very open and honest something like PBR though if they went forward and I voiced my concern I would walk away absolutely and yeah that was definitely wild as Amalia says there and yeah that was our last question that was our last answers and that was a very interesting start to the year you know about concerns concerns and yikes moments based off this I'm thinking that I'm going to put in a Twitter thread this is something I'm going to try and work on in this year doing Twitter threads of you know blog ideas that I've thought about and it might be just easier to put them on there because I don't oh, I find it very strange to write big <laughs> big articles and big blogs so I'm going to put some Twitter threads up and as much as 2021 had a lot of changes I think it's very important to think of some things that never change and one of my favorite ones is that Pater does not work in a silo I think that was mentioned or insinuated to several times about the fact that if a website gets broken paid search will be affected if you change the price of a product paid search will be affected if some new outdoor advertising gets done paid search will be affected so yeah then i have some you know some other thoughts as to what has not changed what has been you know going on years uh, before and what continues to be true to today and um i'm gonna put some of those up and I hope that helps some people. Um, anyway, I hope you found this takeaway, uh, this, this episode useful, this chat useful and taking some great takeaways from it. If you want to chat more about this topic, about your yikes moments that you don't feel got mentioned in this chat, please join us on Thursday on Twitter spaces at 5 p.m. GMT and 1 p.m. Eastern time for any feedback, no, 12 p.m. Eastern time, sorry. 
5 p.m. GMT, 12 p.m. Eastern. For any feedback about the podcast or maybe just to get some, give some correction on anything that has been shared, do get in touch with me on Twitter. My DMs are open on my handle, The Marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group with the on the name PPC Chat around a podcast. And uh, yeah, would love to have you here. Don't just, uh, yeah, just add, make a request to the group. Again, this podcast has been made possible by the awesome guys at Opteo helping you to do more with Google ads and for a 60 day free trial, check opteoout.com, <laughs> check opteo.com forward slash PPC chat even. And finally, remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your songs kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.